Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast Series, digging into the specialty pharmacy accreditation. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Rishabh Shah, and I'm the Associate Pharmacy Director at UK Specialty Pharmacy and Infusion Services, and I will be your host and one of the panelists for today's episode in our specialty pharmacy accreditation series. I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast last month that we discussed about the journey and the initiation and the maintenance compliance piece for our panelists. And I'm here to welcome them again on today's episode where we will be discussing about the value that the accreditation brings, the challenges that they have faced and how it has helped them streamline their workflow. So with me today are Lisa Kamor, Accreditation and Residency Coordinator at University of Illinois, Chicago Hospitals and Health Systems, Christine Crawford, Specialty Pharmacy Manager at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, Alicia Verrett, Clinical Pharmacist Supervisor at Oshner Specialty Pharmacy, and Rebecca Yoon, Program Director for Quality and Performance Improvement at Venerable Specialty Pharmacy. Thank you all again for joining today. And let's get started on talking about today's episode, digging into specialty pharmacy accreditation, value, credibility, and challenges. I'm glad to have you back on the panel. And I'm glad that we were able to share with our listeners about your journey, the support from the C-suite, and how your specialty pharmacy is maintaining all these compliance and measures. So let me start asking question. How has this multiple accreditations or accreditations help streamline your organization's day-to-day workflow? Thanks, Rashad. I can start. So here at University of Illinois, Chicago, we're a duly accredited specialty pharmacy with URAC and ACHC. We achieved them in 2015 and 2016, respectively. We first got URAC accreditation, as I mentioned, in 2015. At that time, our specialty pharmacy was in its infancy and the standards really provided, you know, the blueprint we needed to help us build our solid foundation. So fast forward a couple years, now we're established and matured. So accreditation right now is really helping us focus on what's really important and where we should be dedicating our resources. A good example of this that occurred recently is how we've been expanding our team. So one of our recently added new positions is actually an outcomes coordinator. And one of her main areas of focus is the development and maintenance of our clinical outcomes program. As we all know, there's more emphasis on this aspect of accreditation with the new standards being developed. Thank you. I echo with everything that you said. Accreditation is very valuable. I do have to say that it has brought streamlining, standardization, the structure, to the processes that we have. And not only just helps us provide the quality care and ask patients questions to make sure they are compliant and meeting the needs that they have for the medication or the treatment plan, but it also brings a lot of efficiency for our staff, for our pharmacy, and pretty much just sets the framework. Christine, how's your institution doing? Like, you know, has accreditation been valuable and been helpful to you all? Well, we're currently in the process of going through our first round of reaccreditation. So that question is really top of mind for me. When we were first accredited, a lot of the requirements really felt laborious. We just found ourselves kind of checking boxes to meet the standards. And as someone who comes from a lean organization, it really 
quite honestly felt like the opposite of streamlining for me. But as we've developed the practice, we've looked for ways that we can still meet those standards, but in more efficient ways, like reevaluating our call scripting, identifying ways to meet our metrics more easily. And really, I think one thing that has helped us is that anytime we make changes to the program, the way that we manage our patients, we make sure that accreditation is a central consideration for those changes because we want to make sure that we are continuing to be compliant as we adjust and adapt to the way that we care for our patients. I totally agree with you, Christine. I think the accreditation has also helped us push ourselves to not only just be able to meet the standards, but also be thinking more about the best practices, the additional initiatives, or how we can improve our workflow even beyond to what these measures are being written for or these accrediting bodies are asking for. So I'm sure that you will be able to find more structure as you kind of build your program and expand your services and uh, streamline your workflow. Let me ask Alicia to you, what value does this accreditation provide to your organization overall and how it benefits your department? Yes, the accreditation has really provided us with the ability to obtain additional resources things that we need to maintain our business, especially right now. For example, our organization's data analytics resources are very limited, but we are able to obtain these resources because we are URAC accredited and because these are the things that we need to make sure our business continues to run and grow. Lisa, you mentioned in our previous episode about you have a very great relationship with your C-suite and your pharmacy has been fairly established uh, from early on. So as you were growing, has showing the value of accreditation changed any stance to your leadership or organization, or has it helped for you all to receive more resources or grow the team? Exactly, Rashad. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. So we all know the you know, the value of accreditation can bring to our organization. It opens a lot of doors with us in terms of network access and, you know, uh, with manufacturers as well. And as Rashad mentioned, it also could open up some doors with the C-suite. So that, you know, accreditation is our organization's external stamp of approval, validating the quality of our services, which does go a really long way in our organization. So we've been able to leverage those accreditation requirements, as Rashad mentioned in our conversations with the C-suite. And it's really helping us expand our team grow our resources, we're able to get additional FTEs, new space, really focus on different IT advancements within Epic and so on. So honestly, I think we're actually still at the tip of the iceberg here with the true value of our accreditation and, you know, been accredited now for almost seven years and it continues to showcase its value as we're growing, changing and maturing. It's a really exciting journey to see. I think we have been able to provide the same value to our internal stakeholders, to our leadership, and they understand what a specialty pharmacy within a health system can do to our patients and how it only provides the best model for our provider staff and patients and the best quality care anyone could provide. But let's talk about the external stakeholders. We also have to keep them in mind because the specialty drugs are expensive, are limited availability, And sometimes we are not even in the network with the payers. So from the external standpoint, does your organization have helped with this accreditation, gaining access to limited distribution drugs, or even getting into any peer networks? Rebecca, how about your pharmacy? Since you have been established from early on as well, I'm sure you must have encountered these challenges. What has changed for you all? 
So I do believe that having accreditation or a single or multiple does help the organization gain access to LDDs and access to payer networks. Especially pharmacy is a very competitive landscape, and that's not just from the patient perspective. You know, there's some payers and manufacturers out there that establish requirements for access into their networks. And many times accreditation, either single or multiple, is one of those requirements. Accreditation definitely allows health system specialty pharmacies to identify and differentiate themselves as a very qualified and capable partner. I think it is very important. Accreditations provide that foundation and allow us to be kind of on a level playing field with independent specialty pharmacies and other organizations out there. Becky, I completely agree with you. Specialty pharmacy has evolved fairly rapidly over the years, and it is still very competitive to kind of get into the networks, either with manufacturers or payers. But the interesting piece is that getting several accreditations have not only shown the value of health system specialty pharmacies and the credibility they have gained, but also demonstrates the efficient way of providing quality care and the best possible outcome for our patients to these different stakeholders. I can attest from the University of Kennedy Specialty Pharmacy, we were able to get part of the peer networks and also have access to some of the limited distribution drugs. Usually the first question the stakeholders ask us is, if you are URAC or ACHC accredited, or if you have any kind of accreditation, now be joint commission or any other out there, they do want to see the value that we as health system provide with our specialty pharmacy. So I appreciate you all talking about the value that accreditations have provided to both your organization and to the external stakeholders as well. And now that you have been accredited for at least one cycle uh, with one of the bodies, how has your specialty pharmacy operation evolved since you received the initial accreditation? Did you have to make any changes to the infrastructure? Did you have to accommodate anything to meet the growth and the quality needs? What changed for you all? And Kristen, let's start with you this time. Yeah, Rashad, thanks. When we were first accredited, we were a small regional medical center in Seattle, Virginia Mason Medical Center. And at the end of 2020, our organization went through a merger and became part of a much larger health system. So growth and quality needs absolutely have changed for us. I'm really grateful that we had our accreditation prior to that merger because being accredited has really helped us to maintain consistency now that we're supporting additional clinics and providers. So we expanded into some of those new clinics that are now part of our organization. And we did have to make some adjustments as to how we manage some of our patient populations because the two organizations operate using completely different EMRs. We were originally a Cerner outfit. And now our teams are having to operate in both Cerner and Epic. So it really was a big shift for us in terms of how we collect information, how we communicate with patients and providers. And it really required us to reevaluate our priorities around quality improvement and having our accreditation infrastructure in place assisted us with that because we knew what it was that we were looking for. And really what we could focus on is looking at how we can continue to maintain those same standards that we had as we moved into multiple systems and added some layers of complexity to our process. Thank you. I cannot believe how challenging it would have been for you with two different EMRs and going through the merger. I'm I'm sure it was quite a lift of a process for your institution. Rebecca, how about you all at Vanderbilt? You have been up and running since 2013. I'm sure there has to be a lot of changes in planning and processing going on since the initial accreditation. What all have you done with your infrastructure? 
So having been with our specialty pharmacy program since its inception, I've been lucky to be present through our evolution and growth processes. And it's really exciting to know where we've been and also have a part in where we're going. As with most health systems, especially pharmacies, we started with an extremely small staff and operational reach. Existing specialty patients usually had a good feel for how specialty pharmacy interacted with them as they were most likely already using an outside independent specialty pharmacy for their services. But our specialty pharmacy took that experience to another level, I think. Now patients could physically meet with their specialty pharmacist while at a provider visit, and they had direct access to them via EMR messaging and telephone communication. Many times patients required to use outside specialty pharmacies still maintain an active relationship with us due to our accessibility and affiliation with their providers. Providers gained dedicated embedded pharmacists and certified technicians to manage their specialty patients and assist with benefits and coverage determinations, which dramatically reduced the time it took for patients to begin therapy. It increased adherence to treatment and increased both patient and provider satisfaction. It's been wonderful to see how the health system has embraced our program, going from relative obscurity in the beginning to practitioners now actively requesting specialty pharmacy support for their clinics. When we had that extremely small staff in the beginning, we had one pharmacist that served as our program director, and he basically did everything from operational management, clinical management, compliance quality. Essentially, he was in charge of everything. He kind of laid the foundation for the program. But as we quickly began to grow, leadership did realized that we needed a team to assist with this. And at that point, we started adding levels of leadership to our team dedicated to the specialty pharmacy areas. And it just continues to grow today as we expand our reach within the health system. It's funny, Rebecca, have you mentioned how things have evolved with the initial accreditation. As I mentioned in the previous episode, like, you know, the C-suite has always seen the value in pharmacy. And now pharmacy has always been considered a partner in any initiative that might be considered at the health system level. Over all these years at UK, we have created several different positions as we have expanded our services, be it outcomes um, program or expanding our footprint in the specialty and getting into infusion, but then also providing the similar kind of services to our patients who are receiving non-specialty medication across all the ambulatory clinics and then creating this pharmacy support services within the primary care clinics. It's very exciting. It's very encouraging when you get support from your leadership staff to continue doing the work. I guess pharmacy can do it all at the end of the day. And that's a very valuable message that we can take away from getting all this accreditation, getting the streamlining structure of our workflow and processes, and then pretty much aligning the best practice measures to provide the best quality care to our patients and the community as well. Alicia, how has your experience been? Has anything changed for you at Oshner? Yeah, so similar to Rebecca, you know, I started at Oshner from the beginning. I mean, we have a 12,000 square foot facility and I remember walking in and all these empty cubicles and it was really just eight of us. And it's grown to, I mean, we've had as many as 80 staff members at one point. It's grown exponentially. Our health system continues to partner and acquire other health systems throughout our state and in the Gulf Coast region. So workflow changes over the past years from our first accreditation, we have gone from Theragy as our patient management software to now we have a custom built program within Epic. So that was a major change with our workflow, but more efficient and 
definitely an improvement. And also, you know, just to kind of echo what Rebecca said about, you know, our practitioners are proactively requesting specialty support, for sure. I mean, we have a 98% provider satisfaction rate. Our providers 100% see us as part of the healthcare team, and we've definitely proven our value over the years, and that's been exciting to see. Multidisciplinary collaboration and relationship always works. That has been always proved. Thanks, Alicia. I think from all the responses we are hearing, it just shows what all the health system, especially pharmacy, can do for our patients and in the specialty pharmacy room. So thank you. Thank you all. So let's switch gears just a little bit. And we all discussed that how we have been dually accredited or have multiple other accreditations or at least planning on going for more. Are we all seeing the additional value by having this multiple accreditation? Does your institute see the return on investment like, and is it benefiting your specialty pharmacy in one form or the other? Rebecca, what do you think? I do think that there is value for multiple accreditations. You know, as we stated previously, some entities require multiple or specific accreditations. And so sometimes just general access to patient populations and or medications is dependent on these accreditations. In situations where it's not required, though, accreditation still provides an independently validated recognition, which demonstrates your organization's continued commitment to high-quality, exceptional patient care. I think this is very evident in the rare disease space, where drug access is extremely limited. We believe the rare disease designation helps us stand out from a capability standpoint in being able to provide the level of services needed to care for this patient population. It's not required yet, but it's definitely helped us get to the table for conversations with our manufacturer partners. Kristen, what do you think on having multiple accreditations? When we first decided to pursue multiple accreditations, we did so because there was a major payer and at least one manufacturer that were requiring us to have two separate accreditations. So we were anticipating that others would follow suit and this would become something that would be an absolute requirement for us. And at least in our market, it doesn't seem to have materialized as much as we had anticipated over the last few years. So we're still going to be reevaluating the benefit to our organization and maintaining two separate accreditations for specialty pharmacy. However, I will add that I do see value in obtaining those supplemental accreditations for things like mail order, drug therapy management, rare disease, like Rebecca mentioned, or others. But in terms of two specific just specialty accreditation, I think that's something that we'll uh, be looking at over the long term as we move forward. I echo with both you guys and the comments that you made. I think uh, multiple accreditations have brought value. It has helped us keep meeting the needs of our patients. And again, we keep discussing, but bringing the credibility amongst our different stakeholders. University of Kentucky also recently received the rare disease excellence as well. It has started the conversations, I might say, from our experience here. It's not a requirement for sure. And like, you know, I'm fairly certain different states might have different requirements, but it definitely allows to initiate the conversation for a very limited or an exclusive distribution channel drug that's coming out in the market. But we do have a need for the patients to demonstrate how we can handle this kind of medications and patients as well. I do want to make a comment that while gaining accreditations and demonstrating value has opened channels across, I still believe there still remains some significant barriers to drug and the plan access that limit our patients from choosing to use a health system pharmacy. We have done amazing work and a lot of stride in this direction. But I'm sure we all are seeing some additional external pressure from payers and manufacturers 
but at least the value has been discussed. The narrative has been set for our health system specialty pharmacy, which is very important. I think we always have to keep in mind that health system specialty pharmacies have the integration with the electronic medical record and easy access to the patients while they're coming to the clinic. I mean, it's an ideal marriage, I might say, from the access value and outcome standpoints. Multiple accreditation can be daunting. It's not an easy process, but at least it brings value Uh, credibility across the board. So I do have to be positive and consider the future is bright for us and our health system, especially pharmacy. To summarize this, and like, you know, it's been very exciting to know the direction we all are taking, almost similar, but still a little different to meet the needs of our patient. I want to ask you all, what are the other opportunities your specialty pharmacy pursuing for the future? And if you have any big plans across the board for your institution. And Alicia, we'll start with you this time. The opportunities our specialty pharmacies pursuing in the future are just focusing on growth, growth of our staff, growth of our leaders. We're also working on opening a second location in Baton Rouge. And we're also continuing to focus on payer access and LDD access. These are things that have been challenges for us. And so we're focused on making those things happen. Exciting. Very great. Lisa, what are you guys doing at USC? Yes. Hi, Rashab. So what we're working on at UIC, we're building out our infusion services program and developing the structure of that program in general. Another thing that we're working on, I think I mentioned previously in terms of our new hire, which is our outcomes coordinator. So we're really putting some resources towards developing a specialty pharmacy focused research and outcomes program. Right now, it's you know we have one pharmacist dedicated to this, and I could foresee this program growing in the future. Thanks, Rashab. It's very exciting. Infusion is growing. We keep on hearing about the side of care issues and new and new drugs in the pipeline that are coming within the infusion space. I wish you all the luck. I'm sure it's going to be very exciting, but yet challenging. Rebecca, what are you guys doing at Vanderbilt? Kind of like Lisa, we are working to expand our infusion services, and that's a different area sometimes for health system, especially pharmacy, to manage, just like you said, side of care issues and stuff like that. Something else we're looking into, patients are very interested in having multiple ways to communicate with our pharmacy, as well as we've started to see some of the accreditationing bodies really kind of start to mention that bi-directional communication with patients. So we are pursuing currently digital pharmacy accreditation under NABP to hopefully meet those needs. That is very great. I mean, I concur with the fact with how the pandemic has shaped our lives and the world we are living in. I guess technology is going to play a very big role if it's not already. The telehealth services, the patients wanting to interact with their providers and pharmacists via text messaging or instead of just being available on the phones, that I'm sure is the future. That's the direction we are heading towards. I'm very curious on how this digital pharmacy accreditation takes, and I'm sure we will get a chance to discuss more about it in one of our next accreditation episodes. Christine, what are you guys doing for your future? Well, as we grow and continue to improve our capabilities around data capture, data analysis, patient management, we've been looking for ways that we can start to really begin to capture the value of the services we provide to our patients. So we know, and I think I can probably speak for the group on this, that we offer services that provide significant value to our teams. And so the next step for us is evaluating how we capture and communicate the real value in terms of impact to patient outcomes. I completely agree with Lisa, and I would love to see health system specialty pharmacies as a collective 
really start to move toward benchmarking some of those outcomes measures so that we can begin to demonstrate measurable results for the value that I think we all know is present when we have this integrated care team that involves our providers, the patients, and our specialty pharmacies all as one. Awesome. I agree with all you guys and I appreciate and it's very, very exciting to see like, you know, what direction we all are taking and all these future initiatives that's only going to provide the best value, best care and new initiatives that we will be taking care to meet our patient needs. Do have to say the last two years have brought more challenges to every health system and I'm sure like, you know, you guys could agree and we all are on the same path. But at least for University of Kentucky, in our specialty pharmacy, it has all opened doors for us on several other initiatives and front. Like, you know, we are not only taking care of just the specialty medications or infusions, but that has allowed us to mimic our services across the board, be it primary care or non-specialty ambulatory settings, uh, looking at the outcomes again across the board as a pharmacy, not only just having a specialty or infusion medication. So this is amazing. And of course, technology is something we have to be ready with to make sure we meet the needs for our patients. And that's what the next decade, in my opinion, is going to be. But I do have to say the value we all provide from our health system specialty pharmacy only allows us to open our expertise to non-conventional initiatives that can all benefit our health system, our organization, and help our patients basically to take be compliant and have a continuum care. So it's very exciting and I really appreciate for you all sharing your future initiatives with our listeners. Well, this has been a very meaningful conversation, guys, and that's all the time we have today. I want to thank you again, Isa, Kristen, Alicia, and Rebecca for joining us today and discussing specialty pharmacy accreditation and the value that it brings and the credibility it brings. It's very enticing, and I'm sure our listeners are just going to enjoy and learn from our conversation. So if you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's online specialty pharmacy resources. You can also find member exclusive offerings such as a specialty pharmacy research resource center, specialty pharmacy best practices recorded webinar series, and the specialty pharmacy outcomes literature library, and much more. Thank you again for joining us and be sure to subscribe to the at ASHP official podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.